Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. Masson All Access Podcast back in the Masson studio after hitting the road last weekend. And before we hit the road this weekend, I'm going to the winter meetings out in Las Vegas. Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano. Paul, you're all set to head out to Nevada? Uh, not even close. Not even close. My, Good. My you leave tomorrow morning. At 6.45 in the bleeping morning, Bobby. Yep, that's early. That and, is so early. And then you'll land, what, 9-ish that time? Because yeah. you're going back in time. Back, going in, back time. in time. It's, uh yeah, ridiculous. Uh, I am looking forward. Also, there is kind of a, a misconception that, oh, Vegas is in the desert. It's super hot. It's going to be 57. Yes, I, know, I checked that too. And yeah. I'm so, what is slightly warmer than the DMV, Yeah, but still not like sunny in 70s. And no, not, and, I mean, there'll be that dry desert heat still, but like it's going to be chilly for, for Nevada. And because it's the desert, it's cold at night. Um, yeah, that's the, true. Yeah, so it's going to be... We'll we'll have to put up with it in Las Vegas. I mean, uh, well, to gosh. be honest, I'm kind of what a uh, you know. I, I'm kind of happy for that. That I was, it is going to be a little chilly because I was nervous. I have to. I'm going to Chicago right after the winter meetings, so I would. This I was. I was scared. I'm going to have to pack like summer clothes <laughs> yeah. and then also all my heavy winter stuff. Right now, I can lean more towards colder gear or long sleeves, yeah. pants. No shorts, obviously, um, and then it kind of helps my packing situation a little. That's smart. That is smart. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird kind of thing because it's you'd think we'd be heading into a, a super hot environment. Right, and it's a little chilly. But the stove will be hot. The stove will be hot. The winter meetings. It's already is hot. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we just wanted to add another podcast episode previewing the winter meetings. Um, if you missed uh, last week's episode from Nat's Winterfest with Jesse Doggerty of the Washington Post. Be sure to go check that out. Um, a lot of good recapping from the Nat's Winterfest, all the sound. Um, we heard from players Mike Rizzo, David Martinez. Max Scherzer was good. Yep. Um, and obviously talking Bryce Harper. But now we want to touch on how, where the Nationals go from here. Because the big news this week, the Nationals land free agent left-hander Patrick Corbin. Mm-hmm. Six years, $140 million. Obviously, a good chunk of that will be deferred. It's the Nationals. It's, it's That's just the way they it's do Mike business. Rizzo, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Paul, I know you mentioned yesterday on Coffee and Comments on Mass and All Access nice that plug. you know you do you do like the signing, but there are some hesitations for you. There are. I likened him on our last podcast, actually, to you, Darvish. Uh, because he worries me a little bit. He's had Tommy John several years ago, uh, but he's only had two All-Star seasons, and only, you know, he is still an All-Star, but last year was kind of an anomaly. If you look at his recent stats, he had an ERA over four the year before uh, and an ERA over five in 2016. So he has not been nearly as consistent as some of the other guys on the market. That being said, he's 29 years old, and made huge, huge changes to his his game last year. So a lot of times when guys have a career year out of nowhere, um, I think it can be due to other factors. And, you know, whether it's indicative of what's to come or not, um, I think is is difficult to tell. But he changed his game significantly, and it helped a lot. And I think that's something that will have a staying power. He added... Uh, he totally abandoned his changeup, added a curveball, which he had never thrown before, and started throwing it 
over 10% of the time. His strikeouts were way up. It wasn't just like weak contact. He wasn't getting lucky. He was throwing a lot of innings, getting a lot of strikeouts, and getting a lot of guys out to the tune of a 3.15 excuse me, ERA. So I think that is uh, the kind of year that he had in 2018 is repeatable. Yeah, I think he picked the right year to have one of his best years yeah. ever. Uh, he finished fifth in Cy Young voting, um, like you said, 3.15 ERA, 11-7 and record, 246 strikeouts. Uh, he was third in the league in strikeouts only behind Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. Mm-hmm. He finished second. Paul, I think you all like this cause as, a, as a stats guy. He was second in fielding independent pitching, only behind DeGrom. Um, and then also you mentioned getting rid of his changeup. He relied heavily on his slider, yeah. and he got 79% of his strikeouts came via the slider. I believe I saw somewhere that that is the highest percentage of strikeouts from any one single pitch by any pitcher. Wow. Which is impressive. That so is very impressive. Watch out for that slider. And um, I like the signing. Yes, it's a lot of money. But that's just kind of the way the market's going to dictate. Yeah. Um, he had his best career. He's going to earn it. Again, he's 29. The Nationals are invest. Yes, the Tommy John surgery too. But the Nationals are investing that his best years are to come. Yeah. And that he is now hitting his peak. Um. And, and he's going to get the, yeah. the, the his best years are going to be these one, two, three, maybe even four years with the Nationals. And it is a gamble because I think from what we heard in reporting, uh, from Ken Rosenthal and others was partly what convinced Patrick Corbin to come to the Nats was other teams were hesitant to give him more than five years. Right. The Phillies and the Yankees being a couple of them. Patrick Corbin's going to be 35 by the time this contract ends. It's pretty old for a pitcher, and especially one that has had Tommy John surgery. There are, there are good stories. I mean, Tommy John surgery is not nearly the death sentence it used to be. Looking at Carlos Carrasco as a guy who had Tommy John surgery and then has been great every year since. Jacob deGrom we might forget, also had Tommy John. Uh, so it's not like it takes necessarily, takes years off a pitcher's uh, career, but it can. And I think that's why teams were very hesitant on on giving Patrick Corbin six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But to that point, uh, this is coming from Mark Zuckerman's um, piece this morning. Mm-hmm. And if you have, or no, sorry, yesterday morning, Wednesday morning, um, answering the questions raised by the Corbin signing. If we don't pr- provide it, satisfying answers for you, go check out this piece because Mark certainly does. Yeah. Um, but he mentions that the, he went on, he had that Tommy John back in 2014. Mm-hmm. And once he returned midway through the 2015 season, he hasn't been on the DL since. So he's made, he was been on the active yeah. roster for three and a half years. I think that's a solid time frame of, okay, he is past this surgery, he's past right. his injury, and now he's hitting a stride. True, but his stats were down. Okay. Um, so I think that's you know that's what concerns me. Also fair that he's building up post-surgery. I yeah, mean, it exactly. did take three and a half years to get there, but... Yeah, it's it's definitely a good sign that he got better yeah. Um, yeah. as he's going along. I'm not arguing with you. I, yeah, I, 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 understand, no, yeah. your, I understand your hesitation. Um, I think it's totally fair. But I, And I think what the Nats did is they looked at the other guys in the market. They needed a lefty. We know that. James Paxton is already off the board because he got traded to the Yankees. Looking at the free agents, the other lefties that were top of the charts there, Dallas Keuchel, Jay Happ, Lance Lynn, probably the three top guys, I would say. Yeah. Um, Nathan Avaldi is going back to the Red Sox. We saw that. Those three guys, all of them are on the wrong side of 30. Right. And each of them saw their ERAs go up in 2018. Right. And to your point about him – uh, at the end of his contract, he's going to be 35. Mm-hmm. Max Scherzer is currently 34. Right. And so we've seen Max Scherzer. I'm not he's doing an anomaly. Uh, yeah. He's an anomaly. Right. I'm not doing a, a, a dead on side to side comparison between the two. But we saw Max have his best years 
during his 30s with the Absolutely. Nationals. So yeah. it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that yeah. Corbin is going to have his best seasons, you know, when he's 31, 32, 33, yeah. um, in, in the middle portion of his contract. And another thing I do like about this signing, you look at uh, when you're building a team, you try to build a team to beat the other teams in your division because those are the guys that you're going to face 19 times a year, and they're going to be the guys that you're going to have to get past in order to win the division, and so you don't have to get stuck with a one-game wild card. Look at that division, and look specifically at the team that won the NL East last year, the Braves. The Braves have a lot of good lefties in their lineup. You have to be able to get them out. Ender and Ciarte, Freddie Freeman, now Brian McCann, and Ozzy Albies is a switch hitter. You have to get these guys out. Yeah. And if you are facing the Braves and they're killing you every time you, you you can't lose consistently lose series to the Braves. You need a lefty pitcher. They're going to get through lefty bullpen guys, but you also need a lefty starter. And as Rizzo says, starting pitching is key. Um, you need a guy to get them out. So they're hoping Patrick Corbin can be that. Right. And you kind of beat me to the punch of my oh, the next topic. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it up. Is this signing? Now, we, we, we knew the Nationals were going to be active this offseason. Um, not just Bryce Hopper, but we've, all, we've already seen them address catcher, the bullpen, mm-hmm. um, and now the starting rotation because 2018 didn't go the way they expected it to. Right. But is this signing, this big, I mean, this is the, by far their biggest splash, six years, $140 million to a left-handed pitcher, yeah. starting pitcher. Is this signing a reaction to what the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves are doing this offseason as well? I think it's a sign that the – We'll touch on how it affects the Bryce Harper, but it's a sign that they're not waiting for anything. They're not waiting for Bryce Harper. They're not waiting for the market to settle itself. They're jumping on this. Yeah. When Mike Rizzo sees something he wants, he goes out and gets it, and the NL East is not waiting either. The The Braves, as you mentioned, they went out and got Josh Donaldson. Um, he was one of the big names on the market. They've already signed Brian McCann, so they've shored up uh, their catching position. The Phillies already traded for Gene Segura, and the Mets already traded for Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano. Yep. The Marlins got Victor Victor Mesa, so they're in. I mean, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the other three teams that are you're competing with the NL East, they're already and the hot stove in general is jumping out to a way faster start than we saw last year. Right. So which is great. Think yeah, exactly. So things are heating up quickly, and if you're not in on these guys, I thought Jesse Doherty put it well on our podcast last week when he said. Trevor Rosenthal was out there throwing 99 in a bullpen session. Somebody was going to take him. Yeah. And they were going to take him soon. So Rizzo jumping on him the first week that he was available, he had to do it to get him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. The National East in this three-year span is going to go – could possibly go from worst to first. You know, it's going to be one of the most, you know, walk-through – divisions that are to one of the best yeah. and most competitive and the Marlins are now the outlier in, in the terms the Nats were the outlier in the terms that they were the, by far the best team in the division now the Marlins are the outlier in terms that they're the worst team in the division and this all everyone's going to be competitive um yeah I do like I, I I think it was also interesting that there were reports you know we know how much the money the Phillies have available for yeah. free agency you know everyone's saying are they going to get Machado Harper or both stupid money. um stupid money and I, the report came out that said a, a Marlins familiar with, I mean, no, sorry, the Phillies, someone who was familiar with the Phillies' doings said they were not going to be outbid for Patrick Corbin. Right, and yeah. Then, and then they were. And I, I wonder, Nightingale. Yeah, and, and I wonder because it also came out that them and the Yankees weren't going to add a sixth year. Yeah. And I wonder if that played in, in a 
a factor in Mike Rizzo. All right, we'll go six years. If yeah. That means you're not going to a division rival. Exactly. Uh, I I typically don't like the idea of doing it, and we'll never know because Mike right. Rizzo would never say that, no, no. and no no exactly ever would. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting to think about. It is, and I I typically don't like the idea of like outbidding somebody to get. Just to make sure they don't go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because then you're stuck with them. Like, yeah. ha ha, joke's on you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make much sense in my mind. But yeah, that could have been a factor, definitely. Um, and so the thing is now, uh, also, I do want to just mention, Patrick Corbin, $140 million. Max Scherzer, $210 million. Steven Strasburg, $175 million. Those are all the contracts that they signed when they signed them and how much money. Uh it helps that Tanner Roark is getting six million and Joe Ross is getting about one point five million. But good gosh. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Hundred forty two ten, one seventy five. A lot of bags wow. and bells. Wow for the top three guys. Yeah. Yep. And all all over thirty. Well, will be soon. Will be soon, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean it's that I that kind of plays into the fact one, we know we know the nationals have the money. Yeah. You know, they're not afraid to spend it, and a lot of it's deferred, so that plays a factor in it too, um, but too you know they're not afraid to go over that luxury task. They're not yeah. afraid to pay that penalty if it means competing right away. Exactly. Um, let's touch on Harper and how that. Affects yeah, him. Uh, that's that's the good segue because obviously if that that's the next question. All right. Well, yep. does spending all this money on one Patrick Corbin, but two the top three guys in the rotation affect the Nationals' pursuit of Bryce Harper? Me personally, I don't think so. I think Patrick Corbin was always in the Nationals' plan. Um, they, we know about the $300 million offer to Bryce Harper. Uh, that's just kind of the baseline. I think the Nationals know what they're doing. I, I would trust Mike Rizzo to know what they're doing. That they Okay, let's go get this guy, but we're also in on Bryce, too, if it comes to it. If, if we can work it out, that's fine. Yeah. I, I think they, they've been planning for this. They, they know what, what's going to happen, what's going what's gonna to cost for Bryce Harper to stay, and they're comfortable paying – Patrick Corbin this much too. Yeah, and uh, some of the reports, by the way, coming out. One big one from Yahoo Sports that all these teams are flying out to Vegas for the Bryce Harper Bazaar, and we're already hearing more names than you know we all expected. The Yankees, Phillies, um, and uh, the Nationals, of Nationals, course, yeah, Dodgers to be involved and Dodgers. Um, but we're also hearing White Sox, we're hearing Cubs, we're hearing Padres. Uh, we're hearing that the White Sox sent out Jim Tomey, yep. uh, who, by the way, played way more seasons for the Cleveland Indians than he did for the Chicago White Sox. Right, I agreed. I guess that works out. But uh, yeah, he is so that he Midwest is, connection. He's gonna Harper is gonna kick his feet up and have these teams come to him. Yeah, um, and especially with the winter meetings being in Vegas, I'll bet every. Almost every team, besides maybe the Baltimore Orioles and the Seattle Mariners, checks up on him. Yeah. Comes to his door and, you know, just sends a rep over there and says, hey, hey interested? Yep. So why not? So it's just, this thing is going to take a while. And, and as we know, Rizzo was not going to wait around. Right. Yeah. And I think twofold, Rizzo's not waiting around. That's good. He shouldn't. Yep. Um, I think they're, the Nationals are the unique situation where. He, they are the Bryce Harper's former team, so yep. I think, you know, it did nothing ended poorly or badly. If anything, if anything, I think this Patrick Corbin signing helps the Nationals' pursuit of Bryce Harper. Hey, yeah. we're still looking to win this division. We're still chasing World Series. We're we're looking to go win. Yep. You know, we're not just because last year didn't work out. We're not going to fold and restart. We have a lot of young talent in the mm-hmm. outfield. We have a All Star caliber third baseman. Mm-hmm. We have an up and coming All Star caliber shortstop. We have one of now one of 
the best, if not the best, rotation in all of baseball. Yep. We have an all-star closer. We added another all-star closer in the back of the bullpen. Um, you know, this is kind of maybe part of their pitch to Bryce Harper. Be like, right. hey, we're here to win and win now and win the long term. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, I do want to actually touch on real quick. Yeah. Because it's been, you know, thrown around a lot. Do the Nats actually have the best rotation in baseball right now? I think most people might say you know what it's might it's come back with the Mets. Yeah, I would say they have the they would have the best top three full rotation. Probably not because if you're throwing right. in Tanner Roark, um, who's having back to back struggling years, and then um, Joe Ross, Joe who's Ross. just coming off Tommy John, that doesn't complete a full out solid rotation. Right. I think they arguably could have the best top three, but not full not yeah. full five. Yeah, I think the Mets: Degrom, Syndergaard. Zach Wheeler, Stephen Matz, and Vargas as their top five. Yeah, that's that's murderous row right there. Yeah, that's tough, and that's in your division. Right. Yep. So they they had to go out and do this, um, and they had to. It's just it's just a lot of money. To yeah. Commit. Um, but just to recap, head back where we just were. I don't think the Corbin signing takes the Nationals out of the Bryce Harper sweepstakes. Yeah. I think this was always their plan all along. Yep. Mac, Mike Rizzo was not going to sit back and relax and wait for Bryce Harper, nor he nor should he. And um, they're going to go and pursue other areas. Now they need a second baseman um, and, and see where they land with Bryce. Yeah, and the question is also whether they think that they need a second baseman. Because yeah. uh, Mike Rizzo has said and said again at Winterfest that we're comfortable with what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think they probably shouldn't be. They have. You think so? Yeah. Wilmer Defoe. I mean, we touched on. They have Wilmer Defoe, and they have Howie Kendrick. Howie Kendrick, and then they have Carter Keboom waiting in the wings. Um, Keboom's going to be huge in all of this. But um, yeah, what what they do at winter meetings and uh, DJ Lemayhu might be the first domino to fall in that area. But um, they will. Pr- I think they will look to upgrade at second base. But I don't think it's going to be a huge splash. Yeah, uh, I can see that too. And um, I I don't know. I think. It's tough. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to. Again, I, I agree with the mm-hmm. waiting back, waiting. You know, let Bryce make his move. Don't, right. don't put all your chips in that one basket. Um, but we, you know, if if it comes down to a Lemayhu or a Bryce Harper, I think you have to go Bryce Harper instead, of, and then yep. just and then just deal with your second baseman and kind of just hope Carter Keeboom comes up and, be, and is your yeah. second baseman of the yeah. future. That being said. If LeMahieu shows up to your door during the winter meetings, it's like let's make a deal. Yeah, you can't really shut the door and say no. Exactly, and it helps that um, if Bryce Harper does return, you have several trade pieces in that outfield that you can use. Yeah. Whether you want to deal um, Victor Robles, Adam Eaton, Michael A. Taylor, or God forbid Juan Soto, don't right. think they're going to move. No, I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think they, those guys are going anywhere. They have. Um, they have some trade pieces. All right, um, made it a quick one because we got plenty to plenty do to do. Next yeah, week. and hot take, not hot take, but I, I was adamant a couple weeks ago, maybe on this podcast, being I think Bryce Harper's going to make his decision at the winter meetings. I'm going to double down on that and really? say no, I don't think it's going to come. I have a feeling it's not going to come. I think he's going to wait and into yeah. for, at least for the new year. Yeah, um, it was kind of setting up, but also I think the way the market's moving, I mm-hmm. think if it was a slow market, he would do it. Right, but the people are moving now, so he's like, all right, I can wait because. There are other people got their signing deals, and maybe I can use that to my advantage. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, honestly, 
part of me hopes he doesn't make an announcement. Oh, that'd be a disaster. It'd be fun. lives will be hell. Yes, we'll be really busy at the winter <laughs> meetings at Mandalay Bay. Um, be sure to tune in to Mass and All Access twice a day, Monday through Wednesday. We got shows coming to you 3 to 5 p.m. D.C. time, 9 to 11 p.m. D.C. time. Yes, 9 to 11. It's going to be late at night, your, your time, but keep in mind... We're going to be three hours behind you out in Las Vegas, and the day won't wrap up until around 9 o'clock your time, 6 o'clock our time. So we're trying to make sure we bring you the most up-to-date news um, as soon as possible. Keep your iPhone with you. Keep your iPad close by um, wherever you are in bed late at night on the couch um, because we will be doing live shows each night between 3 and 5 p.m. and 9 11 p.m. Um, lots of guests joining Sarah Perlman and Paul Mancano on set. We'll do one-on-ones with Mike Rizzo, Dave Martinez. You'll hear from Mark Zuckerman, Dan Colco. It's going to be a lot of fun, maybe some other surprise guests, and um, be sure to tune in um, all week. And potentially some surprise segments as Surprise well. segments as well. Paul has some few tricks up his sleeve, possibly. I do, as always. At- uh- Go ahead. You want to tease no, it? At Paul Mancano. What's Bobby? What's your Twitter? At Bobby underscore Blanco. Mass Nationals on Facebook, Twitter. Be sure to give them a follow, too. Uh, we'll be coming up with all the latest news and happenings from Las Vegas. For Paul, I'm Bob. We'll see you from Vegas. <laughs> <laughs>